0: In today's episode, we will be discussing God's truth about love and unconditional love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Oracle and the Warrior podcast. My name is Tina, and I am one of God's oracles. And my name is Laura.
1: I am one of God's warriors. Sound crazy? Welcome Welcome to to our world. world. So, Tina, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about
0: God's truth in reference to love and unconditional love. Ooh love
1: there are a lot of songs with word, with the word love in it <laughs> so excuse me if i break out into song well <laughs> you we both know it's going to happen oh, so no. when you think of
0: god and love and unconditional love you have people who say well god's love is unconditional which 100% i agree with but then you also have different places in the in the bible and in religious teachings that says that God's love is actually conditional. Mm -hmm. We are going to try and help— Dive into that. Yeah, try and help uh, make heads or tails of that. So, Laura, will you give us the human definition of love? Love. It is a
1: noun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it could be a noun or a verb. Or a verb, yeah. So, it is an intense feeling of deep affection. Babies fill parents with feelings of love. And it is also a great interest and pleasure in something, like I love lamp. You love lamp? <laughs> Anchorman. I love
0: lamp. <laughs> 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 or or uh,
1: I love going to work, or I yes. love helping people. Okay. Yes, okay. All right. and I think then that makes you, more sense. And then you have the verb. Uh, feel. Uh, it says, feel a deep romantic or sexual attachment to someone. And we preface someone.
0: I just find that interesting because it's – so number one is a noun, and it's an intense feeling of deep affection. Mm -hmm. And then in the verb, to feel a deep romantic or sexual attachment. Yes. So you can love your lamp or you can love your your friend. I think it just is a polite way of – (laughs) the verb is like – sexual intercourse.
1: Oh. I think well, because they fun. do say, let's make love. Yes. How do you make love? What's the recipe for <laughs> making love? <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay. So,
0: in doing the research for this episode, uh, Laura found some uh, something very interesting that I didn't realize,
1: that there actually... Four different types of love. Yes. Yeah. So uh, these come from a Greek origin. So the first one, I don't know if we'll be butchering the pronunciations here, but it's eros. And that's erotic and passionate love. What What do you think of when you think of the erotic, passionate love? That's the making love part, I guess, where it comes from.
0: Uh, so I think of intimacy, of sex, of like um, sexual attraction mm-hmm. is kind of what I see. Like you know. My love for my
1: husband, or at least part of it, is the Eros. Yeah. So it does say it says Eros is erotic or sexual or passionate love. It does state in this definition, it says it is addicting. It can cause great joy and great sorrow. It seems almost like love shouldn't cause sorrow in, in the Eros kind of way.
0: Well, I and I agree with you. I think that um, what they mean is the great sorrow is if you are passionately in love with someone else and they're not passionately in love with you. Under- but I think that it. that's a but I think that that's a misstatement because it's not the love that is creating the, the sadness; uh-huh. it is the lack of. Yeah. That is So I think we have dispelled that.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting that article states that more hearts are broken on Valentine's Day due to the unfulfillment of erotic love. So I thought wow. that was a- appropriate since Valentine's Day is coming up. We don't want a whole bunch of broken hearts out there. So basically, if people get their hearts broken, if they're not having sex? That, that is what I understand from that sentence there. But I, I don't I don't. <laughs> I don't agree. (laughs) (laughs) One of
0: the things we read about the Eros was that humans can usually only have erotic love for one person at a time. And I thought that was really interesting. I myself have never been in love with two people at one time. You know, basically what it's saying is that you can only have sexual love Mm -hmm. for one person at a time. And... I thought that that was really interesting because I mean, it's like, you know, when you talk about affairs and stuff like that, you can still have friendship love for your spouse, Mm -hmm. um, but maybe you're not sexually attracted. You're not sexually in love with them. Gotcha. You know what I mean? But you can still have, uh, but you have erotic love for someone else. And then comes Philia. Which is love of friends and equals, which yeah. I asked Laura, I was like, what are equals? What, like, what exactly
1: does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? So, an interesting fact that the city of Philadelphia, the sister of brotherly love, is, um, and I, I believe that's what the equals was referring to, like, uh, brotherly, sisterly love. Got you. Or, yeah, okay, got you. So, not uh-huh. just friends, but the, yes. the equals, got you. To note here... Um, it does state that it can be the love between lovers when they've been together for a long time and are not so hot and bothered anymore. So that that relationship that's gone a little fizzle, fizz, you know, fizzled out a little bit, where you still love the person very much and you want to be with them, but you don't have that sexual passionate eros. You're love not, for them. yeah,
0: you don't. So basically, you probably can't have the eros and the Phila philia up at the, same, at the time. same time.
1: Correct. Yeah, got you. I assume. Well,
0: you know, <laughs> each to their own. To each their own, yes. Well, and also, love can change on a dime. Like you can, there are times when I leave the house and I don't feel eros love for my husband, and I feel like I probably won't ever feel
1: it again. You feel like we're loving it. him from afar.
0: <laughs> I feel like I won't feel eros love for him again. Ever <laughs> and within a few hours, he may say or do something that that eros love. I feel like it I just to
1: blossom. F- I fall back into it. So the next kind of love is storage, which is the love of parents for children, specifically state's love of parents for children.
0: And not uh every parent is guaranteed to feel that love, but that is just the name for that um, yeah it, just, it says, that says it's type the most love,
1: yeah, it says it's the most natural of loves, and Laura, what is number four on our the list of four, four I believe the pronunciation is agape, got you, and which in Argentina or in Spanish speaking words is like a appetizer, I love appetizers. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Maybe that. That's probably where it comes from, I'm may, sure.
0: Maybe uh, that is um, part of my issue. I do love appetizers. <laughs> I <do>. I got
1: <laughs> major agape. but that But that's not the definition of agape.
0: Agape is actually love of mankind. And it is modeled after the love of the Christian God for men and the love of man for God. It is, like, love without self-benefit. It is the ability to love another human without any expectation Expectation. in return.
1: Yeah, and it states that in the Buddhist tradition, it is the central foundation of loving kindness for all mankind.
0: That's a hard one. That, that is a rough one. I know, it is, I know we're supposed to. It is tough to love another human when they are difficult to find qualities that you love.
1: <laughs> that, was, that was a good definition there. Thank you.
0: <laughs> there is a way to start down that path of loving mankind. And that starts with like forgiveness, forgiveness of self. And, you know, when you forgive yourself for being human and flawed. Then having the compassion to forgive others for being human and flawed, because if you want to be forgiven, then got to. <laughs> that, that, next, that next step is to extend it to others. But there is something I call loving from afar or loving another human being, but not allowing them in your space. Because you can love somebody, but their behavior is toxic and not healthy for you. So it's not that you stop loving them or caring for them, but you just know that it's not healthy for you to have that person in your space. And I know we all have someone like that in our lives. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe one or two. <laughs> I know that God told me one time he was explaining to me that I needed to find Forgiveness for my family, and I was my biological family mm-hmm. when I was a yes. child. I was having a real hard time with that because I was like, uh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> he said, if you cannot forgive the human yet, that is okay. But start with forgiving the divine spirit that agreed to come and be the adversity you needed so that you could learn the lessons that you had chosen before you ever came to this earth that was a lot easier that was a Mm -hmm. lot easier to get to because like how he explained it to me was look at what they've had to deal with because of their actions and before they ever came to this earth they agreed to that they agreed to be that adversity for Mm -hmm. you so Find gratitude and forgiveness for that and find love for that and then
1: work on the human. that would come like a good old Pat Benatar. Love is a battlefield. (laughs) I'd I'd say you went through. Could you sing us a a (laughs) hymn or two there? (laughs) Love is a battlefield. There you go. So so since you did bring up uh, your convo with Heavenly Father with God. I think we should look into what the Bible is telling us about love a little bit.
0: I agree. One of the things that as we were doing the research on this that came up when we were kind of looking up unconditional love. What is the what is God's definition in the Bible of unconditional love? What we found was John 3.16, and it says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And then it goes on to say in John 3.18, it says, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and truth. And what I took from that, Laura, was They're not asking all of us to lay our lives down. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) But what they're saying is, you know, it's really easy to say, I love you, I love you, I love you.
1: Oh, yes. Right?
0: Um, It's easy to say, oh, no, I'm always going to be here for you. But it's a lot harder when it's time to put those words into actions. And so I feel like what it's saying is unconditional love is,
1: demonstrating it
0: yeah demonstrating it that's the that is the ultimate unconditional love of just action
1: yeah and that's how I know like the word love is just used freely like when you have telephone calls and you hang up and love you right and I think you develop a habit of it you know have you ever called somebody and hung up and said I love you to like a telemarketer or (laughs) something
0: when I, I love this one, when I go to pick up food or something and I'll say, you know, thank you for taking my order or, you know, thank you for the food. And they'll say, you're welcome. You too.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. They or do they'll say, thinking. or they'll just say you too. Yeah. And not say welcome. Like I've, I gave them food I've as well. i done it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes,
1: yeah. So, I mean, and I, I think that the psychological thing is that you're responding without actually thinking and listening. You're hearing but not listening. Yeah. That use of love sparingly. Like I Love you. Love you. Yeah. Love, love just out of habit. Oh, I love that. Or, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I always think like, really? Like yeah. when people are like, oh, I love that shirt. I'm like, really? Are you just saying it because you have to speak some words and you're just throwing that out there? You know, if you go back to that, to John three eighteen,
0: it doesn't just say action. It says, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and truth
1: yeah does my butt look big in
0: these jeans you don't have jeans on (laughs) how can i tell you the answer if you don't have jeans on? tell me the truth (laughs) you can't handle the truth we love her exactly as she is. <laughs> Unconditional. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive her father for she has right. sinned. It's been 82 weeks since <laughs> my last confession. It's not just the action, but it's also true. Being
1: honest, which falls in line with what you're saying. You know, do you really love this mm-hmm. or... And I found that... Uh, the best reaction I get from truth is actually from my children. When I am completely honest and true with them versus sugarcoating stuff or, uh, you know, they might be angry in an instant, but then I notice that energetic shift like, oh. Yeah. She she, she cares. Right.
0: right. What I do for a living has a lot to do with truth. <laughs> <you> <laughs> yes. Know? Just a um, little bit. Because <laughs> when people come to me, they have to look within and find the truth within people are always terrified that they're going to find a monster but that isn't the truth and when we talk about it and I speak truth of just how they are judging themselves on a societal terms which is not truth and then when but once I speak the truth it's like they know and you feel the shift within them and you feel the self-love and the self-worth start to grow Mm -hmm. within them and it's
1: truth that heals. So yeah. and I, I've witnessed it. You know, having talks with you, <laughs> and just when you when I'm not seeing it necessarily because either I don't want to or it's just hidden and, and hiding from me, right? And you speak that truth. It's just this amazing weight that's lifted off, right? And I know that if you didn't care, right, mm-hmm. you you could sugarcoat it, but you're like, no, we're gonna. I'm I'm helping you here. Let's not waste.
0: Let's not waste your time or mine. Yeah. There is a fr- there's a scripture that I had read and I actually highlighted this. In- I like this one. I highlighted it actually in red because at first when I very first read it, I have an issue with it, but it's John 4:20 and it says if anyone says I love God yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God. And that just does... It's a hard one. Well, it doesn't fall in line with free will. And that is the... It is... And I do understand. I get the... I'm, I'm, I'm okay with the yet he hates his brother because, yes, if you have hatred, that's not of God. Hatred no, correct. is not of God. Right? So I, I do get that one. But for me to not love my brother who was abusive, mm-hmm. to not feel love for him means that I cannot love God and that that's not true. Yeah. Who said? Who said? (laughs) Which is our other Other podcast. podcast. Who (laughs) said you have to? But I don't I don't believe that. That yeah. is, that's not the the God I know because that completely takes free
1: will. Well, and so many words, as we know, the translations back from biblical times versus, you know, when our first dictionary came out, how many thousands or hundreds of years came out. So the, all these definitions and translations might not be exact. So for that to say that you cannot love God, maybe the translation maybe was you cannot feel full love for God or, or right, some right, type, you
0: know, right. Or to fill the, to be able to feel the most unconditional love for father mm-hmm. is to feel that for man as well Got or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally get that, and I'm completely open to that being a possibility. So, Laura, in all of this, we're talking about the the four different types of love. Mm-hmm. And we're also talking about God's love. We're talking about unconditional love, which is unconditional love. I always equate to a mother's love, right? Mm-hmm. Because I look at my children and I feel like there is absolutely nothing that any of that, that they could do to make me not love yeah. them. You could not like them one day. Oh, absolutely. But you're not going to stop loving them. Absolutely. <laughs> but... I believe every other human in my life, like, I mean, obviously if you, if you hurt one of my children, I could stop loving you. Uh-huh. You know, I could stop loving my husband.
1: He stopped loving her
0: today.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> her name was Lola. Lola. <laughs> she, she was, was a showgirl. Girl. Anyway, so. Tony loved Lola. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that's why he sailed across the bar. Yes. Because things went a little too far, <laughs> too far
1: with Rico. Oh, Rico. The one with the diamond. I wonder if that was Eros. Oh, that uh. was... Uh, I think Rico had Eros. Yeah. <laughs> and in there, we, we always read that, you know, if you are to love God, we must love others and obey his commands. I, I find that one difficult. We're always talking about how he is our father in heaven. and I wouldn't love my children any less because they didn't follow my, you know, orders or commands.
0: Well, I don't believe that if my children don't quote obey me, that they don't love me.
1: Or that they don't deserve your love. Or, right? Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> There's nothing that could make me stop loving them. There's a fine line here of free will. Again, mm-hmm. because for the, the scriptures to say Obeying God is the way you show him that you love him. It is a way to show right. him that you respect if that's him. that's how you choose. Um, that you respect him. I don't believe that my children have to obey my every command, live their life how I perceive that they should, to show me love.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Laura is God a lesser parent than we would be. <laughs>
1: Definitely not. And that, and that is, I'm not going to say my beef, but just little thoughts i have with the bible that is constantly like fear god obey god be scared of god i'm like i don't want my children to think of me like that
0: no i don't either and you know there's a an interesting little triad if you will where we're told to be more like god Mm -hmm. right to obey him to uh, make ourselves more like him and then they give us these 10 really great rules to do that, yeah, which it's a
1: good rules to live by to absolutely. have a absolutely
0: absolutely good life. And in those rules, they say do not be jealous and vengeful, and then they say that he is jealous and vengeful. <laughs> How do we become more like him? Follow the Ten Commandments, not be jealous and vengeful, but yet be like him, jealous and vengeful. I don't, I don't. It's get a little that. cluster and. <laughs> I think where they were trying to go with, you know, he's a jealous God is, you know, my daughters are older in their 20s. And each of them throughout dating and and everything else have had their significant others have had moms. Mm -hmm. And I have felt a little twinge of jealousy when one of my daughters says, oh, I was asking my boyfriend or my girlfriend's mom about blah, 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 or if I offer my help, they're like, oh, no, so-and-so's mom's already helped me. Mm-hmm.
1: You're like, why didn't you come to me? There, there <laughs> is that
0: little part of you as a parent that's like, oh,
1: yeah. why, why not me? Yeah, I've been there. And my kids are little, and I've been there. But I,
0: <laughs> but that is my own ego. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with my children loving, loving me. Loving you, yeah. And that is also not a part of obeying. I, I don't. We have free will, so there is no
1: obeying. <laughs> yeah. do, you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah i you. Gotcha.
0: the god i know is he's a dad he's a way better dad than i am a mom i have a hard time believing that he would say if you don't obey everything that man has told you i said because <laughs> there's not the long. key yeah if you do not obey everything man has told you i said
1: Then You're not worthy of my love.
0: You're not worthy of my love and you don't love me. And you would
1: never tell the child that.
0: If you have any questions about this and anything that we talk about, we're human and flawed, just like everyone Mm -hmm. else. I suggest ask him. Ask God or universe or higher power or
1: Mother Earth. Ask. Because they won't lie to you. Believe in yourself and ask. So as a parent, we've made... I'm not going to say mistakes because we learn as we go along, right?
0: Learning experiences. Learning
1: experiences. Does God make them? Because He is a parent, and at some point He was a new parent, right? <laughs> you, with more years, you get more experience. But what what do you think? I get, I have these random thoughts always, just thrown into my brain. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, I I do know for a fact that the whole Noah's Ark went a lot further than he intended. You know, it's like oops.
1: I and, left the faucet on too long.
0: <laughs> and, you know, the kind of the way he explained it to me with the Noah's Ark thing is he was saying to me, if I were perfect, you would not have a rainbow, which kind of freaked me out a little bit. Yeah, because we
1: imagine him as this perfect,
0: total perfect being. Right. And I asked him, I was like. Can you explain that a little bit more to me because you're freaking me out a little here. (laughs) And he said, if your child does something and you discipline them and you feel like your discipline was in alignment with the, you know, the punishment fit the crime, if Mm -hmm. you will, would you give them a gift and promise to never punish them in that way again? And Mm -hmm. I said, well, no, of course not. Mm -hmm. He said, then why would I? I gave you the rainbow as a promise that I would never flood the earth again. So if I felt that the punishment fit the crime, why I would I have asked for why it. would I do that? Yeah. Am I going to say that God makes mistakes? No, because it's not my place to judge anyone. For sure.
1: <laughs> and I was not implying that he makes mistakes, but as as parents, right, you know. But I am
0: going to say that I'm sure he's had some learning experiences along the way and his her way less than mine.
1: <laughs> We're not going to keep score. <laughs> We're not going keeping
0: score because I would so lose. But I do believe that it doesn't matter. It doesn't, because I don't believe that he judges us in that, I don't think he critiques us in that way. Mm-hmm. I think that he just loves us and he mm-hmm. wants us to be happy and he wants us to be kind and loving to those around us. He just wants us to do our best
1: yeah because i mean we were sent here to learn right so he's not expecting us to be this perfect all loving all the time all beautiful uh human being you know just why we don't expect our little children to grow up you know and and be perfect so i know god loves me the way i am and i don't mean that in a joke i mean the way i am i was sent here to do something and i have to learn yeah
0: You know, he told me one time that he never asked any of us to be perfect because he said that there is nothing but fear in perfection, the fear of obtaining it, the fear of staying in it. In it, yeah. Then he also said 365 times, once for every day of the year, Mm -hmm. do not fear. So obviously perfection is not what he's looking for, nor does he think it's a good idea. So... If he's not looking for perfection, to then turn around and say, if you do not have perfect love for me and for mankind, then you don't love me and I can't love you. Yeah. That just, it it, it just, doesn't none match. of it, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. It's not. But, you
1: know, growing up with organized religion, we were taught, you know, fear him if you don't, if you're not good, well, he's not going to love you. And I'm like, damn, that's.
0: Well, they taught us oh. to—they taught us to be afraid of Santa
1: too, and I wasn't afraid of him. I he knew hes watching you. Uh, he sees you when you're sleeping. <laughs> he's a creeper. Um, that's my beef, right? So they're teaching me and teaching little children that you better love God and you better love Him good. If not, you're not worthy of His love. Well,
0: you better obey everything He tells <laughs> you to do, or you're not enough.
1: Yeah. So I, I understand why people stray from God as they get older, because they're like, wait.
0: Well, and that brings us to our next topic. Yes. So how do we start with even knowing what love is? Because if you don't have this one certain little thing, how would you even know what love is? And what is that one certain little thing? Love for self. Self Uh Self-love, exactly. Because we can only love another human to the capacity that we love ourselves. We can only accept love from another human to the capacity that we love ourselves. So if we have no self-love, then how on earth Earth. could we know that we loved something else? Mm -hmm. The only exception to that is our children. Our babies. Because they are an extension of what we hope to be.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I remember hearing, you know, you can only love somebody as much as you love yourself before, and before the person I've become right now, right? And I always thought, what... whatever you know I don't like certain things about myself why but I love so-and-so right and just recently I've come to realize yeah that's freaking true
0: yeah. yeah. It is amazing to me the ability to love increases so much as we learn to love ourselves. I grew up not not having self-love and mm-hmm. not even realizing that it was available to me, mm-hmm. you know. I have realized that after I came to a space of finding my own self-love, now I am more capable of loving mankind loving people from afar as opposed to just seeing them as i don't ever want to hear that person's name again
1: mm-hmm. he
0: who shall not be named okay well that one's different <laughs>
1: Voldemort.
0: he is different deception Today, we have a very special guest whom I think is. He's special. He.
2: <laughs> Knew that was coming. Knew that was coming.
0: Who I think is very special and amazing. We have my husband of 28 years, Terry. Terry, welcome. Thank you. Welcome, Terry. Mm
2: hmm. <laughs> This <laughs> is special.
0: So, before they start bantering like they always do, <laughs> they're actually very close. But, anyways, I have asked Terry to be with us here today because Terry was in the military for 20 years and when he got out of the military, he had a little bit of a difficult time adjusting to the non-military, the civilian world. and Had a lot
2: bit of a difficult time? Let's not, <laughs> let's not underplay that one at all. Holy cow.
0: And he kind of lost himself for a while, Terry. Would you agree?
2: Definitely. It's hard to go from something where everything is so structured to feels like they cut you loose and said, There you go. Have a good time. Bye, Felicia. What am I supposed to do now? <laughs>
0: When you were in that space of just kind of feeling lost, do you feel like you were struggling with self-love and
2: self-worth? Probably self-worth, especially. Um, And I think the not having a focus or not knowing where you are going, what you're doing will definitely bleed over into the self-love aspect because you start to question things and wonder, you know, what am I doing? Why am I here? What is this?
0: Yeah, also just with all of the changes in our life over the last, you know, 4 years since you got out and moving from Texas to St. George, Utah and me starting my own business and you know all of it and you kind of becoming the we kind of switched roles and you were you kind of became the military wife and I became the uh, I was
2: a house husband. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you.
0: And I was the one that had to, you know, put on my suit, which is, of course, unicorn, but uh, put on my suit and go to work. And I know that that was quite a struggle for a while for you. Would you agree?
2: It was. It was. It. it um, I didn't mind staying home and, and doing all those things and picking up where my wife used to do things all the time. And it just was a bit of an adjustment and still, you know, trying to find a purpose for so did, what it is that I was supposed to do.
1: Did the self-worth affect the self-love.
2: Definitely. It's, it's Like I said, it starts to wear on you after a while. It starts to um, make you wonder, um, am I worthy? Or, you know, what is, what is it that I'm doing? And so I had a really hard time of identifying who I was and made me question things a lot.
1: So let me ask here for Terry and Tina. Tina, when he... I'm not being interviewed here. Uh, <laughs> it's not an interview, it's a question. When he was starting to feel... Or when you noticed that he started feeling the self-worth and self-love issues, did you feel that spill over into the love you felt from him for you? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And it
0: also affected the love I felt for him. In return. In return, because... As I said earlier, we can only give or receive love to the capacity that we love ourselves. And I was so used to giving him all of my love. And then all of a sudden I felt like it was being shoved back at me, like, no, I don't need this. I don't want this. I'm not worthy of this. Mm -hmm. It was daunting. It was very, very daunting for both of us, for, you know, for him and for myself. So, Terry, I'm going to ask you a very serious question, and I applaud you for your courage to be here.
2: I'm scared now.
0: (laughs) Don't be scared. Did you, at times, for the first time in your life, go into a space of feeling suicidal?
2: I did, especially after I first had gotten out of the Army. It became very hard. Uh, It was very difficult. I had a hard time focusing on things. Became fairly despondent for a while, and it was, it was tough getting used to that balance and finding, again, where I fit in.
0: So, Terry, three weeks ago, well, a month ago, you went to Oregon with a dear friend of ours, Christy, to uh, stay with her and her husband, JR, and you stayed with them for three weeks to help rebuild some stuff and to learn some stuff, doing an apprenticeship there. Can you tell us how that has changed things for you?
2: Well, it changed a lot. He was, or is, restoring well, a- you say he. Uh,
0: like JR,
2: sorry, Christie's husband. He's restoring a 130-year-old house uh, way up in Northern Oregon, beautiful place. And he's been a woodworker for many of, many of his years. And I have started that myself a few years ago taught myself a lot of things and I went to learn from him and to pick his brain. And in the process of doing that and in the process of uh, learning from him and asking him questions and bouncing my ideas off of him, he said right before I left, he said, dude, you've got all the skills you need. He said, you just need to Figure out what it is you want to do with them, and from him coming from someone like him, whose pieces are these gorgeous things that you would imagine would be in a high-end showroom, it meant a lot to me. It really meant a lot to me, and kind of got me back on track. And
0: well, and I would also say that not just that. I know the the manly side of you doesn't like to look at the foo foo (laughs) side, but I'm gonna. There is no foo foo. also while you were there every day you took time in nature you would take walks you did bike rides you did something kind for yourself something loving for yourself and would you say that that also made a big difference for you
2: It did, made a huge difference. And then also watching JR and Christy, they have a very dynamic relationship. The bond between the two of them is incredibly strong, and watching just them interact on a daily basis brought a lot of things back to my memory on how I used to be and how I used to behave. And so of goaded me in that direction as well to get things back together and to help fix the things the communication issues and things like that between my wife and I so
0: did watching them and seeing the just the intense love that they have for one another did it help you to see that you deserved love as well?
2: Yeah, it was the bond between them is, um, I guess the best way to describe it is I've never seen another one like it. It transcends uh, a lot of stuff. And I know that sounds cheesy and it transcends this. And to see the two of them together is absolutely amazing. And to see the way that they behave is kind of blew my mind and brought me back to when my wife and I first got married and how I felt about her. So yeah, it was It was huge. Um, Irregardless of the differences between them, they would have their little spats, but it would last for about 30 seconds. And off they'd go again, and everything was good. We've all made mistakes along the way, and we have to look at them as learning tools and know that that's not a be-all or end-all. And so to know that I have made mistakes along the way, but I've fixed them, corrected them, and I'll make mistakes in the future. And as long as I fix them or correct them, those things should not hang around and bring you down because of it uh you're still entitled to that love i know that i'm still entitled to that love
1: so you came back with more than you expected you traveled over there you know you're going to be do this apprenticeship and and practice your woodworking and
2: it's going to work on my wood whittling yeah no i I really did. And you came
1: back with this renewed self-love seems almost a little gift
2: yeah uh (laughs) definitely renewed self-confidence and the renewed love to go along with it so yeah it was a pretty good three weeks
1: Did you recognize that change or that newness in you while you were there? Or is that something when you came back, you you were like, hold on, look at everything I observed? Or were you noticing it as everything was happening?
2: I saw some of it as it happened. And some of it came to be just in the fact that, you know, after a week or so there, a little over a week, I really started missing my wife. And it dawned on me how much that, you know, I love her, and how much I absolutely do not want to be without her.
0: Aww. True love. love. Marriage. <laughs> it took me probably about two weeks to feel that way, but I did feel it.
2: <laughs> Look, so here's, here's how it goes. So four days after I met her, I basically told her I loved her. So yeah, all that stuff, that's already out there. So yeah, I just had to figure out how to fix me now, so...
0: So, Terry, thank you, my love, for being on here. And thank you so much for just having the courage to openly speak about this. And I have to say I am so absolutely proud of you, number one, taking the time to do self-care, to take care of yourself, to step away from everything here in St. George and say, you know what, I need to step away and find myself. It takes a lot of courage. I am really, really proud of you, and the changes in you are phenomenal. I've loved you since the first time i saw you i am just very grateful to to be able to feel and to give the level of love that we've always had
2: glad to be here and i'm happy to share what i can
0: thank you Terry. what i hope every human takes from this today is how vital self-love is because our ability to love other humans actually starts with our own love of self And our own love of self also comes from our ability to forgive, forgive ourselves for being human and flawed. If you believe in God or a deity, a lot of times that's where we learn the love from or sometimes from our parents. But understand, unconditional love is something that you have to find within you and you're worth it. And you are loved exactly as you are.
1: I'm just going to say ditto to all that, Tina. The self-love, I believe. I used to think it was a selfish thing to have a lot of self-love, but I think it is the most important to start there because you can't. I can't be a loving, kind spouse or mother if I am angry with myself or I'm judging or not liking and loving myself. So. Yeah, start there, take the time for yourself, learn to love yourself, and you'll be awesome.
0: We are so grateful for each and every one of you and the time that you take to listen to us. And we love you exactly as you are. Peace. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to help us keep it going, please consider donating to our Patreon account. You can use the
1: link in the show notes. You can also help us by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. Reviews are how we grow our listenership. If you have suggestions for topics
0: that you would like us to cover or have any questions, please feel free to contact us at oracleandwarrior at gmail.com. You can also check the show notes for all social media. Until next time, love eternal, the Oracle. And stand for truth, the warrior.